All right, everybody, it is time for another episode of the Crypto 101 podcast. But before we dive in to our awesome, awesome guest and conversation today, I want to remind you guys of two things. And the first one is that if you go to Crypto101insider.com, you can join our private community. Here's where we have our model portfolio and all of our top picks. We also have uh, Crypto 101 University. Uh, where we have hours and hours and hours of written and video content that explains blockchain and explains cryptocurrency in a very bite-sized and easy-to-understand way. Uh, And we have a weekly newsletter that goes out and quarterly state of crypto addresses that go out. There is just a ton of value packed into this every which way. So I want you guys first uh, to go to Crypto101insider.com today uh, if you haven't already. I also want to remind you guys that Pizza Mind and I recently just finished a book. Uh, It took 11 months of our lives to write, and we're calling it Crypto Revolution, Your Guide to the Future of Money. We walk you through this fascinating world of cryptocurrencies and blockchain, and it's part history book, it's part instructional guide, and it's going to really show you guys why cryptocurrencies are globally disruptive and how they're going to actually change in real life and in real terms the way that we buy and sell and even live. We include a bunch of how-tos on getting started with your first exchanges. Uh, We give you tips on how to safely buy and sell and store cryptocurrencies, as well as how do we evaluate potentially good cryptocurrencies. And the best part of the book is that we're giving it away for free. All you have to do is pay for shipping and handling. So go to CryptoRevolution.com and pick up your copy today. All right, everybody, welcome back, all you good, wonderful citizens of Crypt Nation. Uh, it's your host, Bryce. I am unfortunately not joined by my notorious compadre, Mr. Pizza Mind, the notorious PIZ. He is uh, missing an action right now. He's actually getting some rare time in with his family. Uh, but guess what? The show must go on. Uh, so, Pizza Mind, if you're out there, I, uh, I miss you, buddy. But I am joined by Will Harborn today. Uh, from the very innovative Layer 2 solution called Diversify. Uh, w- welcome to the show. Hey, hey, Bryce. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to, uh, to dive into all things DeFi, uh, Ethereum, things that you're excited about. And I love bringing on just DeFi experts, crypto OGs, people who have just been in the industry and seen every aspect of this sort of world. Will, before we even dive into anything that you're working on currently and things that are hyping you up right now, catch us up with your story, your crypto story. Where'd you come from uh, and why are you here? What drives you? Yeah, I've been around a while. I've seen the good, bad and the ugly. I got into crypto full time in 2017, but I've been obsessed with it for years before that. Um, Really, I guess like, like a lot of people trading Bitcoin in the early days and all sorts of dodgy places and then got obsessed with Ethereum um, sort of around the time of its ICO. Um, as soon as it launched, started building things, going to hackathons. I was in London, a lot of like Ethereum founders and OGs were there. And so I got, I, I was kind of sucked down every weekend from university and got involved. And um, then when I joined originally into crypto full time, I went to Bitfinex, uh, which was one of the biggest crypto exchanges in the world at the time. And I worked on a bunch of stuff there, uh, including launching um, 
the Ethereum version of Tether USDT, um, which is now like you know used by everyone in DeFi um, and a lot of other projects until founding Diversify in 2019. And the thing that got me excited, I mean, is that I'm an engineer and crypto is a playground for developers and engineers. Building something, having it used by millions of people was crazy. Um, I mean, like even especially for me as someone new working in the space to launch something like uh, USDT smart contract as one of my first projects. And now that be used by literally everyone in crypto. $60 like, billion yeah, dollars of value. Yeah. <laughs> um, kind of crazy. And um, that's the addictive thing of, of this industry. And it's why, why so much talent, so many people are getting sucked in and why it's going to keep growing. And that's, um, yeah, like why, why I'm still here and we'll stay here. Awesome. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. I remember, uh, you know, using Tether on Omni uh, you know, way back in the day. And it's like, it's crazy that now it's on so many different chains, right? And it like, you know, back in the day, you can't even fathom like how an asset could be cross chain. You're like, well, it's just in this silo, but all these cryptographic proofs have come out, all this technology is great. And now DeFi isn't DeFi unless it's cross chain. Um, but before we dive into that, tell us a little bit uh, about like DeFi, like a lot, okay, this is crypto 101, right? So a lot of people, they're just breaking into the industry. They're just learning about what apps to use, uh, all that kind of stuff. So, so give us a 101 on DeFi and really what it, what it really means to you. Okay, so to me, DeFi is the fact that you can have open protocols, by which I mean some sort of logic that basically can apply to money um, that, anyone, that someone deploys and then works permanently. So, for example, you can have Almost like a public a trading good. Unit. Uh, not always a public good, but um, these are these are kind of almost modules that do something. So uh, either trading or borrowing or lending, and then you can build, take these different modules and put them together to essentially build up the entire financial ecosystem, but transparent, auditable by anyone, um, open to anyone. So there's no barriers. You, can't, you don't need to go and beg your bank to let you transfer funds to someone else. Um, and that, that's incredibly powerful because it means that anyone around the world can start to add and, and modify and come up with new ideas and contribute that to this ecosystem of kind of the new financial um, stack that we're building. Yeah. And I think kind of like at the outset, maybe the, the most popular uh, variations or financial primitives that were built on top of DeFi maybe was like, uh, you know, I was at um, Ethereum San Francisco in 2018. And I remember like learning about Maker kind of for the first time. Uh, and being like, wow, it's like a credit facility on, on the blockchain. And, and that's really cool. It's over collateralized. And, you know, then they had a, an explosion of all sorts of different things like Aave and um, Compound. Um, and, and what are some of the other financial primitives that you find really interesting uh, that are being built on, uh, on these DeFi protocols, even beyond like just the decentralized exchanges as well? Yeah, I mean, I think the one you mentioned, Maker, was, is one of the ones where for me and for a lot of people, they have their first wow moment that was my opinion um like you know if you have bitcoin great like you can hold your bitcoin maybe you can go to some sort of centralized entity and like maybe borrow some dollars on the back of it but with maker you could literally deposit your ether that you're already holding that you want to hold anyway because you're long ether and instantly borrow essentially like a dollar stable coin without having to ask anyone permission and instantly start spending it and that is like you know you know, I think a lot of people go, wow, because that is just like a game changer compared to the traditional world, compared to anything that we're used to. Um, 
obviously, yeah, trading, borrowing and lending are all huge. And those are kind of the underlying building blocks. But now we're starting to see stuff that's even cooler, uh, I think, and, and sort of showing what where this is going to lead, um, like insurance protocols. So the fact that you can have um, risk assessed and then like set the pricing for insurance based on uh, an open market is a really powerful thing. Um, so anyone can deposit and like basically say, I, I, I've actually looked at this contract, I trust it, so I'm going to put my funds at stake and other people can take insurance. Um, wow. And going forward, we're seeing like all of these more, sort of more complex levels up the stack being built. And um, I think that's also where layer two is coming in now in that as this gets more complex, of course, the, the gas usage and the computation on blockchain becomes more expensive, but um, that's also being solved. So. Yeah. And, and not to, not to like go too deep into it, but it just kind of came to my mind with all these different layers of complexity that are happening. Also the layers of risk kind of get compounded. There was a, the largest hack in DeFi history just last week, $600 million on this uh, chain called poly network. Um, and it's it, in this hacker was like, Oh yeah. Cross chain DeFi hacking so hot because of how many bugs and vulnerabilities mm -hmm. there are crossing chains. So, you know, how do you, as you're building a layer two complex system, how do you kind of think about building as quickly as possible to keep up with the competitors, but all and innovate and all that kind of stuff, but also just make sure you guys are doing things like you said, um, you know, just buy the book and hundred percent secure. Yeah. As you said, you know, the, the, the more you build on top of these things, the more attack services they have and DeFi is becoming cross chain by default. And I think that that is the future. Um, as a, as a user, if, you, if you're getting underlying security from a blockchain, you don't necessarily care how you're doing that. And you, you want the end user experience to be really smooth. And so you will move across these different layer twos or side chains. Um, but actually it was interesting in the, in the aftermath of that hack, we saw sort of quite well, some quite well-known figures tweeting and saying, actually, you know, you know, these sorts of things are fine. Like I prefer that this team moves fast and like breaks things. Um, and occasionally gets hacked than taking it really slow because that's oh. how you get ahead in the market, which is quite a controversial point of view. Um, I, I, I don't think I would agree with that. That's not the approach we take with Diversify just because this is sort of real money. And I think actually the, the industry has a bit of a, you know, it's, it's boring, but like, it's true. I think like at this, in this early stage, we have a bit of a responsibility to show that this isn't completely the wild west. Like these kind of hacks are becoming like hopefully rarer. Um, and so the best way is, you know, to make sure that you, you build at a pace that actually makes sense and allows you to slowly build up rather than have something like $600 million in something most people haven't heard of or ever like sort of looked into deeply. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a difficult compromise. So at Diversify, you guys are building a lot of things. You guys launched a token uh, recently, but the token came, you know, almost year, probably years after you guys had already built and launched the product and had thousands of users. So I, I want to learn everything about Diversify um, in the next 20 minutes. Uh, do you think we could do that? <laughs> I think we can do that. Sounds like a good idea. So Will, so you launched Diversify. Tell us about this product, what, what it is uh, and really why you launched it. Yeah, so we actually started Diversify two years ago. Um, I, I and some of my co-founders had been working in Bitfinex, which was one of the biggest exchanges at the time, centralized exchanges. Um, and we had actually, as a kind of almost internal side project, been trying to build some, a decentralized exchange. And um, we'd launched a prototype of it. Uh, it. It had some users. This was kind of 2018 era. Um, 
and it was built on ZeroX protocol, which was a, a protocol for decentralized exchange, and they let you swap. But the problem was it was too expensive for most users, and we could already see that gas prices were going up as more and more people used Ethereum. Um, there were lots of other issues in terms of the user experience, but we knew that there was another way of coming of blockchain innovation, particularly based on rollups. And I think people weren't really talking about rollups at the time. Um, now, we, now I think a lot of people know about layer two and rollups. That's kind of one of the big narratives of where and it's even kind of part of Ethereum's core scaling solution story um, and, and roadmap. Um, but this the one-on-one kind of, on rollups yeah. is that they just make things go quicker on Ethereum. <laughs> Essentially, you put together thousands of transactions into a much smaller amount of data, and that's what you put onto the blockchain. Um, so it means that you can have many more people using it at much lower cost. And so we wanted to, we kind of recognized that there was an opportunity to build using our experience of having built exchanges and this new technology to make something that actually could allow DeFi to work for millions of people rather than just kind of the early adopters that we're still to some extent seeing today using it. And so we, we kind of left and started Diversify um, and started building. And we, and we partnered with Starkware, which is one of the best known um, sort of set of cryptographers in this space. Uh, they have like one of their founders is Eddie Ventasoon, who is one of the founders of Zcash and um, sort of really has, has written a lot of papers on some of the, the cryptography behind all of this. Um, and we were their first partner to essentially then launch Diversify. And we launched in June last year. Um, and what Diversify is, is really a DeFi hub. So you can trade uh, like almost all of the big Ethereum tokens, also Bitcoin and another crypto. Um, you, can, you can use a simple swap interface or an order book. Uh, you can transfer to other people and you can uh, lend and earn, and earn yield on your crypto. But all of that is without paying gas fees, but yet you get the full security and self-custody of like connecting with your MetaMask or your Ledger hardware wallet. So it's really kind of the, the user experience um, of maybe what people are used to from like Coinbase or centralized exchange um, with the ability to do everything in DeFi and not paying the kind of cost of it. And also the kind of experience that a lot of people might have had using things on Ethereum layer one, like trading on Uniswap, where you get a failed transaction and, and just waste money. Um, and so um, really where we see this going is trying to build the single sort of DeFi hub that you can do 99% of what you want to do in, in DeFi um, without having to jump between lots of different websites and pay loads of gas to do it. Um, and recently, for example, we launched a bridge to Polygon and, and, and we're increasingly connecting to more and more other solutions so that you can really have this one like user experience, but for accessing, accessing all of DeFi. Wow. The one, like truly the one-stop shop for kind of all crypto related things. We know how it feels. Your intensive research and impeccable timing has landed you with a wallet of you know, 250,000 bucks or a million dollars in crypto holdings. But, but some teenage day trader crashes your position into the ground uh, with a few dumb tweets, right? So unsophisticated speculators cause unnecessary volatility and kind of give the industry a bad name while elite crypto players like us are thinking for the long haul, okay? And we know that diversification is key. And by the way, buying Ethereum instead of Bitcoin isn't really diversifying, okay? Hundreds of thousands of sophisticated investors are adding alternative assets like multi-million dollar blue chip art to their portfolios, the very same types of deals as billionaire art collectors, okay? Even if you didn't start buying Bitcoin at $100, the secret 
is masterworks.io, okay? The first platform democratizing the $6 trillion world of art investing. They turn art into an investable, securitized product. And since releasing their beta two years ago, uh, they've introduced more than 700 SEC qualified offerings and securitized over $250 million worth of art from artists all the way from Banksy to Basquiat, okay? Masterworks has unlocked this exclusive world to their 200,000 members. And many of them are actually fellow Crypto 101 listeners. And demand is exploding. And normally Masterworks has an absurd wait list in order to join. But guess what? Masterworks has given us a... Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save big when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 150 passes to skip the wait list. To secure your spot at the front of the line, you got to head to masterworks.io slash crypto 101. Again, that's masterworks.io slash crypto 101. Uh, we'll see you there. And guys, also very important, you need to click the show notes in order to see some very important disclosures. Okay, we have those, or you could go to masterworks.io slash disclaimer. Thank you so much, and on to the show. This is not a service where, you know, I think a lot of listeners might go to Coinbase or Crypto.com or um, a service like that where it's a centralized company that holds your private keys for you um, and you're able to, like, you know, access those. But, but it sounds like Diversify has a little bit of a different ethos. Can you kind of explain the differences? Yeah, so... That's 100% the case. And it's because we've built it from the ground up, built on this new technology, which means that we never hold any user's funds. Anything that any action that you're taking is essentially something that you've signed that you want to do. Um, if we went offline for some reason, like as in me, my company, our servers all just shut down and we disappeared overnight, we could never steal those users' funds. Um, the worst case scenario would be that then anyone who's used Diversify has to wait 48 hours and can then basically freeze the exchange and withdraw their funds back out. So that's kind of the worst case scenario. Um, whereas we've seen in the past a, a, a big number of like large centralized exchanges be hacked or have funds lost. Um, and then like users have to essentially take the, take the loss of that, or even like best case, maybe like after some sort of bankruptcy procedure, procedures, years later, get back some of their funds. Um, so it's kind of a, a game changer in that sense, in terms of security for users. Um, and much more, much closer to the really the, the promise of DeFi, which is that you're always in control of your assets. Um, you don't need to sort of beg some bank to kind of let you transfer transfer them out. Do you guys spend a lot? Like, 
do you guys spend a ton of time on making sure the user interface and user experience is kind of tailored for an entry level person? Or do you, would you say you kind of have to be more of an advanced uh, user of crypto to navigate your system? So we, we started off on the advanced users. Um, I mean, I guess the, like the realistic thing was a, a year ago when we launched, we'd spent so much time on the core technology because that was what underpinned it. Mm -hmm. um, that the, the user interface was a little bit raw. I mean, it was also quite a complex trading screen, order books, charts that maybe a, a professional trader might be used to, but most people would kind of look at, look at and go, what the hell is this? Mm -hmm. um, but over the last year, as like, we really saw like, a big takeoff of user numbers, especially since January this year, um, when I think gas price got really high, people started to say, okay, I, I, I like Steve, I tried that out a bit, but now it's getting too expensive for me to actually sort of join in. Um, that's when we saw a lot of new users. And so we ha we've had to adapt. And now like a huge part of our focus is on trying to make it more accessible. So we added a really simple swap user interface, completely upgraded the UI. And actually uh, in two weeks time, we're launching a, a, a mobile version because uh, actually that's, and, and that's much, much simpler. And I think the future wow. as we're going forward with Diversify is to make it as accessible as possible. And I think people will start to, you know, naturally therefore hear about us a bit more because uh, we were, a little bit too, um, yeah, it was a bit too complex before. And, and we initially actually just planned only to market to professional traders, but we realized that this is most useful for smaller users because you don't have to pay the, the, these costs anymore that you do with uh, DeFi on some other, like on Ethereum. Um, yeah, so it's, it, it's almost like you guys adapted to the changing market of uh, who, who's trading, right? Like after, after COVID happened and everybody kind of had to stay inside, Robinhood grew by, you know, a huge amount. Retail traders took the world by storm again. In January, you're saying, you know, you, you said, uh, um, you know, gas prices were so insane because of how much activity was on Ethereum. And so as a layer two solution, you guys were able to like adapt. And like, now I think the world has changed in such a way that there are so many more retail traders now. And it's such a huge part of the market um, that, you know, you know, kudos to you guys for kind of recognizing that and adapting uh, to that sort of changing, a changing audience. I think that's uh, pretty savvy. And, and one of the things I wanted to kind of say in follow-up was like, you know, you, you, you're seeing a lot of growth in your own user numbers and what other sorts of growth metrics really excite you about our industry? Um, whether it's about Ethereum particularly or Bitcoin particularly or institutional adoption, are, are there any growth metrics that you pay attention to that you're like, yep, check mark, we're in a freaking bull market? I really do think that, um, I mean, because of course, like we go through these cycles, uh, bull markets, bear markets, yeah. a lot of things go up and down and, and prices go up and not read too much into that. But I really think the one thing that I think really is, really matters is the number of people who are buying their first Bitcoin, buying their first crypto, because especially once you try something like trading in DeFi, that you're making your first swap, borrowing funds based on assets you're holding, that's the thing that's so sticky and almost no one I know goes, oh, I hate this. I, I don't get crypto. <laughs> Once they've done that step, um, whether or not they might sell for a bit because they think the price is too high or forget about it for six months and just leave them in their, in their wallet, they are you know, holders. And ultimately, I do think there's a future 20, in 10 years time where most people are, whether they even like see it or you know, it's hidden behind like nice apps in their, in their phone, are essentially using crypto DeFi whales for swapping currencies or um you know everything that they're doing instead instead of traditional bank accounts and so 
Um, that's what I'm watching and that's what I get really excited about. And like, you know, this last year has been huge for that um, in that a huge number of new people basically got their first crypto and um, that's really important. That's epic. Yeah, like one of the uh, the things I like to look at, because uh, m- my question to you is going to say, uh, you know, what are maybe some sites or some areas that we can uh, tell the good citizens of Crypt Nation that they could look and track on chain what sorts of uh, user growth? Because I think people are like, oh, well, how do we know if in the past three months users have been growing? But one of the things I'll say um, is that like I look at the Coinbase stuff, like the Coinbase financial reports they put mm-hmm. out every quarter, because you could see, you know, month over month, you know, adding, you know, millions of new users. And I'm like, oh, that's probably a good indication of user growth. But are there any more specific or other analytics that you look at? Particularly in DeFi. Um, so for example, the number of people who are using like a lot of the big DeFi protocols. Um, the thing is that that is, you know, people trading is different than people holding. And so really looking at mm. funded accounts is the number one. So people who are, for example, deposited in these in these protocols, even if they're not necessarily like, trading every day because it's a bull market, it's a bear market or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Very, very, very cool. I love that. What other, um, so I was going to say, so I know that there's another aspect of the platform that you guys have that is, could potentially be the biggest aspect of it. And it's about having token offerings, layer two token offerings. Can you tell us about uh, everything going on here? Yeah. So this is a really new feature for us. Um, and it came about because we launched our own token. So as you mentioned that, you know, actually we built Diversify, not expecting to create a token for it, um, launched the protocol, launched the UI for it, um, and then realized actually what, and I think as a lot of protocols did, that we want to build a really strong community about around Diversify. We want the protocol itself to be owned by that community because it's almost, it's almost like a core aspect of what DeFi is. It's, it's not just created by a company in order to earn fees. Um, a lot of these protocols, these building blocks need to be owned by users um, and empower them to not just you know, use the protocol, but also to benefit from its success. Um, and so we launched the DVF token. And when we were doing that, we looked at the different options that, are, that were out there and said, okay, we could do a balancer launch pool, which is quite a common mechanism where you essentially deposit some tokens and they get sold to community. Um, we could do some centralized sale um, something else, but our key goal was basically to get these tokens to people who wanted them at, a, at a, you know, who were early, um, and sort of create that early community. It wasn't so much to raise, to raise funds because actually the funds were, were for a, um, community DAO. So they were going to be owned by token holders, not us anyway. Um, but all of these had different problems and actually the biggest one with, for example, balancer and sushi, which also has a token offering version is, um, you can have front running on chain, but also very high gas fees, which means that if you've only got $100 or $200, it's not really worth participating because you have to pay half of that just to get into the, to the sale um, in terms of making your transaction. And so we designed a new version called the Diversify Launch Market, and we used it for the launch of the DVF token itself. Um, and it was hugely successful. Uh, so it, the way it works is it runs over 48 hours um, using a kind of a reverse auction mechanism, which means that you settle onto a fair price uh, people can buy and sell within the within the period. It's rather than just buy, which means that it's kind of more interesting to a lot of other people sort of participated over the whole 48 hour period. Um, and you can even make money during the sale uh, if you time it right. Um, but it also meant that what we saw compared to a lot of other token offerings was that a lot, a, a very large number of people participated. So we got like a good early community. 
um, and a lot smaller, a lot of smaller accounts were able to participate, unlike some of these other offerings where within 10 seconds, it all gets bought up by like three or four big whales. Um, and so now that's a mechanism that we've, we're starting to speak with a lot of other teams about. Um, we had a lot of interest afterwards and we'll hopefully be running in the next month and a half uh, at, at the kind of first sale that's not our own token using that mechanism. And then going forward, that could become a really major part of, um, of what Diversify offers. Wow. That is huge. That that's really really exciting. That's you know the the next evolution, right? We had the ICO, we had the IEO, and now we have something. We had the IDO, I guess. Whether you would call this an IDO, an, an initial decentralized offering, an initial decentralized offering, yeah. And and using this layer two tech, which means that it's really accessible to anyone, rather than just sort of larger, um, you know, people who are already rich, basically. So if somebody out there is working on a project and they're like, holy smokes, th- this guy just said exactly what I needed. I need uh, a vehicle to, to help me raise money for a project in a decentralized way. Where can they find out more about like getting involved on the supply side of uh, this sort of mechanism? Best place is to join our Discord. Um, Diversify has like a really nice, like still small but active community um, in Discord. And, we, and we've got a lot of our team in there as well. Um, and we're also yeah very active on Twitter. Um, so anyone can DM us or reach out. Interesting. Very cool. And then the, so the, the DVF token, um, tell us a little bit about, uh, people, uh, using this token, how it works in the ecosystem. Yeah. So, uh, it's really, it's really very new. Um, and actually, so for example, the governance launched last week, um, there's still another aspect of, uh, liquidity mining, which is going to launch in, uh, the next two weeks. Um, but fundamentally, DVF is a governance token for the protocol itself. So it doesn't actually govern like our company, obviously, or the, the user interface that we put up for interacting with Diversify, um, but the core sort of smart contracts and mechanisms that allow you to, um, to trade and do all of these transactions um, is going to be governed by this token. Uh, we have a governance system which allows them also to spend a treasury. So although we mm. allocated out some of the token supply, more than 50% of it was allocated for essentially community. So, and most of that held in the treasury, which token holders at the moment can now vote to spend. Um, and the first way that it will be spent is on a liquidity mining program. So people who provide liquidity on Diversify uh, and actually they'll be able to do that by depositing into pools that uh, allow you to then basically be providing liquidity for the market and earning fees um, will earn more DVF tokens. Are they one-sided and or two-sided pools? They're two-sided. So you can you put in like an asset like uh, ETH and something else. So it could be sushi. Um, and then you would be earning fees from any trades on that market, as well as earning DVF tokens. Um, and then there's an ability for, in the future, this governance module, uh, which is voted on by token holders, to activate a, uh, a fee switch, which would mean that, mean that future fees from the protocol would go to token holders. Um, so that's essentially the kind of the, the wrap up of how it works. Yeah. Um, so quite a, quite a common govern, governance module that we've seen be successful for other, for other tokens. Um, but just in that really early stage. So, you know, there's a lot of opportunity now for people who get in at this point as early community members to kind of shape how it evolves, um, and, um, and sort of be part of the, the governance process. Amazing. So I'm kind of curious. So how, how big is the team? How, you know, this sounds like a pretty large undertaking. Yeah. So we, um, 
we were pretty small until really the kind of beginning of this year. Um, I'd say we, we were around 10, um, but sort of really, like really powerful team. Also, a lot of us had worked together for years, even before we started this, um, this Diversify. Mm -hmm. um, but then we've grown a lot over the last six months, mainly because uh, what well, we just needed to move faster. But then we also um, had a really great uh, sort of strategic support around in April with a lot of the top um, funds and exchanges who actually sort of uh, bought part of the DVF supply, um, which mm -hmm. included like Bitfinex, OKX, uh, Bitcoin uh, blockchain.com, um, and uh, like loads of the like best known um, VCs too. So that really allowed us to like scale up, build a bigger team and um, move even faster for the last few months. And of course, like as, as our team's grown, our roadmaps kind of become more ambitious for the rest of this year. But most of it is focused on making Diversify more accessible because um, we really want to get more and more people um, able to use Layer 2. Boom. Love it. Uh, Will, before I let you go, so again, this might be the first time somebody's listening to a crypto-related podcast. What is kind of one word of wisdom from, from your many, many years in this space? Uh, one takeaway that you think everybody should have at, at kind of the end of this? I mean, I think the thing that's very easy to forget, especially if you listen to the wrong type of crypto media, is that it's not all about money. Uh, I mean, there's, of course, a lot of people are attracted into the space uh, because you can trade, you can try, you can you know, invest in things. But there's a lot of incredibly powerful stuff happening in crypto, which I think will change the world in other ways. Taking a lot of, a lot of the governance projects, um, a lot of sort of public good funding, um, and you know, focusing on those because actually what we've seen time and time again in crypto is that if you focus on the right things for the right reasons, um, they tend to actually be the things that are most successful in the space. Um, so don't, don't just look for the, the quick wins. Wow. That is like, I could not have said it better. We, we ask that to every guest and uh, we always get something different. And so I really appreciate those closing thoughts and I concur and what you guys are building is extremely impressive and I'm excited to hop on. So Will, thank you for coming on and you know we'll have you on sometime later this year with, uh, with some more exciting developments and updates. Awesome, thanks, yeah, it was really fun. Take care. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.